Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello and welcome to the COB. Great to have you along with us. It is the 17th of February, moving right along in this month. <laughs> uh, I'm no. Nadine Blaney here with Annette Beecher. Annette, um, good day, right? Good day. Absolutely good day. We had a, a absolute barrage of CEOs on today here on Ausbiz. So that is great to hear from the horse's mouth in terms of explaining what's happened. And of course, in some cases, the next six months. Look, everybody is, is you know, commenting on the next six months. Yes, there are still some uncertainties, but the market loves guidance. One of the companies that we spoke to today was the CEO of EML Payments. That actually was the best performer on the 200, up by close to 17%. What I liked about that interview is that, first of all, I said to Tom Cragen, who is a CEO, you know, in these reports for a lot of these techie kind of companies, payment companies, there's a lot of jargon. It's really hard for the average investor to mm -hmm. understand the types of metrics when it's not just revenue, profit, earnings. So he cut through the jargon, explained what investors need to be measuring them on in the next six months. But he also said, look, I said I was going to give guidance. So we gave guidance. There are still a lot of the uncertainties. And look, um, you know, the honesty didn't hurt the share price, as I mentioned, up by about 17%. If you'd like to listen to that interview, you can do so via the show notes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just a broad spectrum of companies that we heard from today in terms of we Westpac, did. right through to some of the miners, evolution in the gold space. And we had some uh, probably what you would argue is mundane, such as online accountancy software. Uh, but that is what is helping companies become profitable, is streamlining the back office because everyone is now using the cloud to keep the cost down because shareholders are demanding profits. And if revenues are not on your side, you need more and clever ways to keep your cost down. And it was also interesting, you know, one of the thematics that we knew coming into this reporting season and is coming to fruition is, you know, is it as good as it gets for some of these companies that have really been able to benefit from the lockdown, from the stay-at-home thematic, um, from the increased stimulus spending, the way that we're loving our cars? And you saw some of that evidenced in the share price reaction to some of these companies 
that reported today. So, you know, look no further than BAPCOR. Record result, mm. uh, but the share price down by close to 3%. Car sales down by 3% and as well. Coles. And Kohl's, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, saying that this momentum may not continue. So compare and contrast that to Webjet and corporate travel. That has you know. been beaten up. Absolutely beaten up, let's face it. I mean, they may be at the bottom, but I think forward-looking investors will see a return to travel, maybe not international travel, but it sounds like these companies have been working behind the scenes, get lean, get mean, get online, and when we are eventually travelling again, they'll be well-placed to capitalise on that. Webjet share price was up by close to 5%, as was corporate travel, so they fared quite well. I've got my list of reporting season (laughs) companies up and it goes like this, EML, Domino's Pizza, Redbubble. So uh, yep. from yesterday, putting on a further 5%, corporate travel, Westpac, Webjet. And um, I won't you know, go through every single one, but even TWE, which warned about still disruptions to its uh, mm. sales channels throughout 2021, was up by 4% today. I think, again, if you give any sort of forward guidance or, of course, toss in a dividend or two, the stock market is still uh, very forgiving. And we've actually approached probably more on the asset manager side, like are we priced for for perfection? And they're saying, well, no, there's still a lot of cash to be spent. There's still a lot of unemployment out there that will improve as the year goes on. There's still plenty of government stimulus. And of course, let's not forget our favourite RBA and its stimulus as well. So it probably is very premature to call the top. Yep. And um, I had that conversation with Evan Lucas earlier today. He said, look, on earnings season in general, performance is improving, not just here, but in the U.S., Question being, how long can it continue for? He says that you know markets are very exuberant. Some of the valuations aren't justified, but there will be some sort of reckoning. It's just impossible to know when. Um, speaking of Evan Lucas, doesn't stop today. Obviously, we've got a number of really big reports. Rio Tinto, uh, London trade, so any moment now. If it hasn't already happened by the time you're reading this podcast, but also you know we've got uh, Fortescue tomorrow. Yeah. Fortescue is going to be fascinating. <laughs> it will be fascinating. But as we saw, I think today closed up again 3%. So the market is looking through that odd bombshell at the C-suite level and looking towards a very positive environment for resources in general. We've had plenty of commentators on here talking about commodity super cycles, China uh, leading the way, and of course the rest of the world lagging behind in terms of economic growth. So I think the bigger backdrop is still there for the miners. If you'd like to listen to that preview of Fortescue by Evan Lucas, and he puts it into context with Rio and BHP and Guess what? He also talks about something other than iron ore. If you'd like to listen to that, <laughs> you can do so via the show notes or just go to the website. Maybe it's easier. I'm not sure, really. It depends on how you're consuming the content. Um, Annette, we do have some economic events up um, in the U.S. tonight. Uh, we do have some retail FOMC sales, minutes, industrial production retail minutes. sales. I think yeah. retail sales is probably the most important, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it is. We get lots of um, lots of high frequency information about the labour market, but we don't really know how they're spending. So I think a, a bit of a take on the consumer would be very helpful because, as we know, consumer sentiment's been um, a little bouncy and a little rocked, but it has picked up recently. So let's see if that turns into hard dollars at the store. Okay, so that's the US. And as I mentioned, FOMC minutes. I mean, the FOMC, well, there's going to be a lot more pressure on them to start uh, fleshing out 
how they feel about yields, don't mm. you think, if we continue to see bond yields rise? Well, a couple of times bonds, I mean, we're only six weeks into the new year, but Powell and Brainard in particular have talked down any sort of premature tightening. And so that is something that I think bond traders will be watching for very closely. Will he give the green light to inflation expectations? Because after all, that's what they want. They want inflation expectations to pick up. But is it too much too soon? So my bet would be he would probably be hosing down this steepness that we've seen recently. Because we don't want to have a taper tantrum, do we, in any way, shape or form? Um, We sure don't. But the market will be hanging on every word in those minutes. And, you know, Fed speakers get out there a lot. They'll be hanging on every word that these Fed speakers are saying. And just on that, just a little bit of a plug. um, I'll actually have the pleasure of speaking to Rich Clarida, who's the vice president of the Fed next week. It's a AmCham and Australian Business Economists event. Uh, and, that's uh, right. Yeah, so you can actually... You're moderating the debate. moderating. How interesting. I mean, I, I was saying to you just off air today, Annette, it's really hard to, to prep for that kind of thing because, of course, anything can happen between now and then. But, you know, it, you can actually sign up to listen into that webinar. Shameless uh, promotion, but it's, um, it's just really topical and really interesting. Sure is. And don't forget, tomorrow we finally get the employment report. Yes. Hooray. Have uh, you increased your expectations? I already was of the view that we could get a good number. The leading indicators are supporting a good number. But having said that, we had Hans Kunin on today saying he thinks even a rise of 10,000 is a good number. But I tell you, sitting on a dealing room, they will not like plus 10,000 when whisper numbers are 50,000 plus. Mm-hmm. So it'll be one of those events where the economics will be supportive no matter what the increase will be. But maybe from an Aussie dollar perspective, some of the wins will be taken out of the Aussie dollar sale if we don't get a number at least 30,000. Well, a couple of the employment reports lately, you know, I remember talking to economists a couple of months ago and they said, we're literally picking ourselves off the floor uh, when it beat. So there's lots, lots live tomorrow. I am, I forgot about our stock of the day. I'm getting the big the big flashing hands from our producer, Redbubble. Redbubble, red is it? You had the pleasure of speaking to the new CEO. The lady in the red shirt forgot Redbubble. It was up by 5% today. We spoke with Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial, Chris McDonald from Morgan's Financial. Here's what they had to say. However good the figures were, they were a slight miss in terms of margins uh, and customer acquisition costs. But this is a great business that's made the best of a tough situation with COVID. They've been a true beneficiary of COVID. But the issue now is going forward, will they be able to continue to live up to the hype um, and to the expectations? So for mine, that's why I'll be sort of giving this one a bit of a miss for now. It's been a a great performer ever since it listed, but you've got to sort of try and differentiate how much of that demand has been pulled forward because of of COVID um, and whether or not six, 12 months from now, they'll be able to match all the the embedded hype that's been built into the price. Over the medium term, absolutely. I still think this has a reason for being uh, we think it'll only grow that sort of earnings per share, maybe 8% over the next year. So it probably doesn't justify the PE, but we see it potentially accelerating by another 20, 24% the following year. So there's still growth in the okay. business. I think you can still uh, uh, watch it, maybe trim a few if you've been a very lucky investor yeah. and look for a re-entry. If we get some sort of correction, these ones, these COVID ones that have done spectacularly well and there's plenty yeah. of them, uh, they are going to be sold off quite sharply in any correction. So maybe if you can pick it up around the $5 mark with a view to holding it because the theme's intact. It's a very well-run business. So look, not um, 
not huge endorsement coming from those two guests for Redbubble. It's not that the headline numbers aren't good. It's just uh, the you know, follow through. It's the follow through, and you know we saw that chart. It was on the screen through much of the day today. Just exponential growth through this COVID period. While we're on reporting season, I am not going to go through the list today. You're welcome. You can access <laughs> that via the COB newsletter. I will just, you know, highlight, we've already talked about Fortescue. We'll be having Rio to digest in the morning in the Australian session. A CSL is another big one that um, we'll be looking forward to tomorrow, not just because of the figures, but to get an idea about that plasma collection in the US and mm-hmm. vaccines. I mean, yeah. it's just so topical. Well, healthcare took a bit of a beating today, actually, in terms of stock. So let's see if they can turn that around tomorrow with their reporting. So we have a number of CEOs on tomorrow. Um South 32, the CEO of Auckland Airport. I don't want to go through the whole list again because I don't want to miss anybody or leave anyone out. Off topic, Tim Murray, who is Director of Research from J Capital, is going to join us at 10.40 a.m. Nearmap share price, which was the victim of its latest uh, short report, was up a further 7% mm. today. Uh, so we will be, you know, just trying to flesh out what exactly their modus operandi is, yep. why Nearmap, What's next? I mean, I doubt they'll tell me, but still, just try to get behind the thinking of what is the the game plan yeah. there. Well, if they were trying to talk the stock down, it was interesting that very early next morning, all the local brokers came up and said, you know what, the target price is 3310. So that's helped narrow the gap between the trading price at the time and where we are today. So it's interesting that the, the broking community actually pushed back on J Capital and I don't think we get I don't think you you're interested in getting into the nuts no. and bolts of the argument but as you say why did J Cap pick Nearmap is there someone else on the horizon you know what's their thinking and that's at 10:40 a.m. and if you miss it because you're busy like many of us are we'll put it up on the website and the app that's the plug go to the website or the app to catch up with any of those interviews that we did today uh, lots of commentary on the bond market as well commodity super cycle if you read the mm-hmm. newsletter with scuddy's view today otherwise listen i hope everybody has a great evening you too annette we'll and see you in the morning we'll do it all again tomorrow Yay. thanks nadine ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com